mind you, in East Los Angeles at that time, a large portion of East LA was still Anglo, okay? And uh, the Belvedere swimming pool, my older brother and my uncle, they were close in age, they couldn't get in. They wouldn't let them in. Of course, they were both a darker. little darker, darker skin. They wouldn't let them in. Okay. Now, if you go to that swimming pool today, it's all been remodeled, by the way, uh, the Belvedere swimming pool. And it's all been, Latinos now. <laughs> no one there speaks English. <laughs> put it to you that way. Oh, my goodness. Complete 180-degree turnaround. So that, you know, it's Tijuana it's, down there. Love it. You know, so that's just... And, you know, like well, I say, it, time, but would you ever, Have you ever imagined that? Imagine if you're a little boy, go, one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, girls, to the Get Up Girl podcast, where we are making you live your fullest and fun life. My name is Joanna Vargas, and every week I will pour into you with my stories, tools, and fun radical candor. I believe that when you ask better questions, up-level your habits, and get freaking real, you will have a happier life. If you're looking for more fun, more magic, and more joy, you're my girl. This one's for you. Are you ready? Let's create your dream life. My Dad is Back by popular demand. I got so many DMs from the last part one and part two with my dad with that chat interview that we had. <laughs> That's <laughs> Those were the most popular. So many of you have asked to have him back. Hey, gals, welcome back to the Get Up Girl. And this is part one of another interview series with my dad. So I'm going to be bringing him in monthly. <laughs> Side note, he's so cute. I sent him the link. I didn't even know he knew how to listen to a podcast, but he figured it out and he listened to them and he took notes and he showed up to this interview with little notes and he wanted to add so many like granular thoughts and tips that he forgot to say before. And I was like, oh, dad, no, let's go deeper. But he's so cute. But so anyway, I said, dad, we're going to do plenty. Uh, you know, you can add that so many more times. It's okay. And he's like, oh, okay. But he's, <laughs> it's so cute. So please, this is a listen in. If you did not listen to part one and two of the first series, please go back and listen to that. If you're not familiar with my dad and this is your first time, please note, I'm going to preface that my dad has really no judgment towards anything. He just like, says what he learns. He reads a lot. He says about four hours a day, you know, and to him, that's not that much. And he's been reading since he was a young boy. He lived in the library and he's full and full and full of knowledge. And so he comes at things with his knowledge rather than like a strong judgment and point of view. So take that into consideration when listening in. And I just find it so fascinating that he and I can have these conscious conversations as a father and a daughter with two completely different worlds. And for me to listen to him and him to listen to me, I would love for you to listen in as a fly on the wall because this is how he and I talk on a day-to-day -day basis. When we just hang out, this is how we talk. And that's how this was born. I'm like, dad, we need to do a podcast. We need to do a YouTube 
channel. And my hope is to one day do a YouTube TV show with with us. And I'm still talking him into it. We'll see. But, you know, it took a year for me to get him to even do this. So maybe we'll, I, I think he's got the bug. He's really having fun. And I think he needs his own show. I'm like, Dad, I could just give you a mic and you can talk all day long and I'll set up the podcast for you. But uh, we'll see. I, I think he's having fun with this. Listen in. Here's part one and DM me. Let me know what you think. And if you want more at Joanna Vargas Official, would love to hear from you. All right, here we go. Part one with my dad. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> Even better. You ready, Dad? Ready. Ready. Welcome to part two of the Get Up Girl. I'm here with my dad and uh, John Vargas. And just preface it that he is an open book. He's going to talk about it all. <laughs> and uh, that's all I'm going to say. We're going to go right into it. But part one was really interesting. We're going to go into part two. And uh, let's go back. When you grew up in downtown, well, not downtown, but in Los Angeles, in East Los Angeles, and you were telling me about the pools that Latinos cannot, weren't able to go in the pools. Tell me about that. And what year was that? Well, that was all through the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, until we got into the 60s. Um, when I was a young boy in the, growing up in the 50s, especially my older brother, uh, you could not Latinos, Mexicans, excuse me, Mexicans were not allowed to uh, uh, to swim at the Montebello, city of Montebello swimming pool. They just were not, okay? So uh, my uncle and aunt, my aunt and uncle, they bought a new home in Montebello. And when my mom told me, guess what? Your uncle and your aunt, they bought a home in Montebello. They had children. I had, they had kids. And those were my cousins. I said, no, mom, they can't. But yeah, they did. It's in a new housing contract com complex. It's a little. It was a long block, and they built all these brand new tracked houses, and they sold one to him. Well, the reason they sold one to him because he's fair complected. But they don't look at the last name. Oh, sure they do. But mm -hmm. they let. They figured at that time it was starting to starting to change a little. Mm -hmm. So they sold him the house. They were the only Latinos on that block. Mm -hmm. They were all Anglo's, but them. But because because my Uncle and his, and my aunt, my aunt and uncle, they were fair-skinned, and their children are fair-skinned, okay? So they, mm -hmm. they sold them the house. So I thought, wow, okay, we got somebody living in the city of Montebello. Okay, so then I would go over and stay overnight at my cousin's house, and, and, and then one day my cousin, he says, come on, let's go swimming at the post. No, we can't go there. We're going to get in trouble. Ah, come on. We'll just, we'll just see if they, if they don't let us in. Well, they don't let us in. Mm -hmm. So when I was scared at the, oh, man, they're going to call the police on us. We're going to be, man, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Man, my dad's going to whip me. <laughs> you know you're not supposed to be over there. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so we go. We have a little towel and our and wrapped up with our trunks inside and our little 10 cents to go into the pool. We come up to the cage and the girl behind the counter, Anglo girl, she looks at us and we said, two tickets, please. And then that was the longest five seconds she looked at us, and she just looked and looked. My cousin and I are both fair-complected. Then she reached down, and she pushed the button and gave us the two tickets. Oh, my God. So we went in. When I got into that pool, I was jumping around the water. I said, yeah, this is white man's water. It's better water. Oh, yeah, I like it. And we were the only Latinos in that pool. It was all white. All uh -huh. the kids in there were Anglos. Yeah. And we were the only, but we were so fair-skinned, 
okay, if you look at me, I'm fair-skinned. So we got away with it. We got in, and I'll never forget that. But I was scared at that. Oh, my God. But she she took her about five seconds, yeah. and she determined, uh, I'll let him in. They was were, there a sign that said no Mexicans? No. It no, was just an no. unwritten rule? De facto. Uh-huh. De facto segregation, that's what it's referred to. Yeah, you just you just knew. you. De facto can't. segregation? De, de facto, uh-huh. They just, it's, it's, it's not written. Uh-huh. You just know. Like I told you, when I tried to rent the apartment in Montebello and the lady asked my last name, she said, oh, no, we don't have any more vacancy. Remember I told you that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. No big deal. So that's just, you know, don't worry about it. It's, you know, life goes on. I know that in a few years it'll change. Yeah. Like everything else. So, and now look. And now, mind you, in East Los Angeles, at that time, a large portion of East L.A. was still Anglo, okay? And uh, the... Belvedere swimming pool, my older brother and my uncle, who was close, they were close in age, they couldn't get in. They wouldn't let them in. Of course, they were both a darker. little darker, darker skin. They wouldn't let them in. Okay. Now, if you go to that swimming pool today, it's all been remodeled, by the way, uh, the Belvedere swimming pool. In it's all been, Latinos now. <laughs> no one there speaks English. <laughs> put it to you that way. Oh, my goodness. Complete 180 <laughs> degree turnaround. So that, you it's know, Tijuana it's, down there. Love it. <laughs> you know, so that's just, and you know, that well, can say. It, time, but would you ever, change. have you ever imagined that? Imagine if you're a little boy, go one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of lifeguards, I think I told you I was the, the third lifeguard that the county hired back in, in, in 64. I, I went to work for LA County as a swimming pool lifeguard. Did I ever tell you that story? No. Okay, but not everybody else has heard it, so. Oh, I've told you, though. Oh, then <laughs> yes. you knew it. Why well, should I repeat it? I already told you. Yeah, I was the third Latino that they hired. And and now look today. They're all, most of the lifeguards are Latinos. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so. But back in the 60s, very few. And the kids in the neighborhood, they say, hey, look, hey, there's a Latino lifeguard, man. There's a Latino. Is that how they said it, eh? Wow, like that, eh? You know, but uh, the majority <laughs> of the lifeguards. Laughing. It's not funny to him. The majority of the lifeguards in those days <laughs> were um, uh, college, Anglo-American college kids yeah. earning money. Mm-hmm. College kids today have so much money, they don't need to work. <laughs> they don't yeah, work. They're at college kids don't work like they used to. Don't have to. What about high schoolers? Six. I don't know one high schooler that works that, that's, at sixteen. This is this is what our parents wanted. This is what they wanted. They wanted a better life for their children. I don't want my children to work. That that that's the mentality. I don't know why it is, but I don't want my children to ever have to work. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Whatever. It was. It got so difficult to fill the lifeguard positions that they lo- they dropped the age from 18 to 17. And pretty soon they're going to have to drop it to 16. They just can't find lifeguards. It's difficult. I don't know why. They just, it's what it is. Yeah, the work ethic has really it's changed. changed. It has changed. Yeah, yeah, they don't have to. The kids today have, have a lot of money. Uh-huh. Yeah, their parents have money. They don't need, they can go to college and, you know, it's just what it is. They don't have to work. And yet, and yet you know that there are a lot of, lot of people who need jobs, you know, and then they have to work. Is it about the money or is it about the work ethic and it's just different? It's, it's, it's not, hey, I wanted no. to work at 16. I don't, I mean, I'm a diff, horse of a different color, but no, it. No, it, it's it, a lot of families do not, do, do not have to have their children working. 
Let's just put it that way. So you think back in the day, 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s, they were working because they needed the money, needed not the because money. they wanted it. You needed the money. Interesting. I always thought because you just wanted to. Like, I, I want to work. My first job well, was Pizza Hut, 16. And on my 16th birthday, yeah. I went to go fill out that application. That's yeah. how excited I was. Yeah. Horse of a different color, though. Yeah. So well, interesting. Well, in high school, in, at least in my years, in the 90s, when you went to McDonald's, it was mostly high schoolers that worked there. And right. now there's no high school. I don't see a high schooler working no, at McDonald's. No, they're adults, mm-hmm. pretty much. They're very, very now. different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about dating. And uh, Salome here had a, had a question, but let's talk about opposite sexes. And mm-hmm. oh, this is a really great topic. I'm actually taking a course right now, and it's called The Lady. And it's all about, now the title, don't let it, um, I get guess, trip you up. But the whole course is a four-week course about what it is to be a lady Mm -hmm. and to kind of uncreate everything that you've ever learned what a lady should be. For example, a lady sits, she crosses her legs, she's polite, et cetera, et cetera. And this whole new thought is like, what is a lady for real? Right? And I kind of almost see it like a queen. Like, how does she actually act? And so with that being said, in this book, there's a lot of, you know, how a lady talks to a man, how she talks to other women, and it's very powerful. And so with that, Dad, what do you think, because I know we talked last time, if you didn't hear the last interview, please go back. You're talking about the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you were dating, or what have you noticed with women, let's go back again, the biggest difference between men and women? Number one, the majority of the women that I was uh, dating are age appropriate. So they're a little older. Remember that I wasn't dating young girls. So they have different thoughts you're saying. They're, we're pretty much from the same era. The women I was dating pretty much. I'd only dated a few younger ones. Mm-hmm. That didn't last very long. Because uh, it was very different. Yeah. So, okay. So what was different than with the younger gals? Well, blind dates. I told you I went on a lot of blind dates and a lot of them uh, 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 I would say about three of them were on their cell phone throughout the entire blind date. Are you serious? They were on their cell phone. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm going, I don't believe this. She's on her cell phone, texting or whatever. Well, you know, the date lasted like about an hour. Well, thank you very much, Susie. You know, <laughs> escort her to her car. Bye. Have a nice life. Yeah. How and old I'm, was she? Oh, these are these girls are like in their thirties. What younger than I? Oh my god, Dad! Hey, well, I get fixed up. I was getting fixed up on these blind dates. (laughs) Oh yeah, they're gonna be on their cell phone. I thought you were gonna say like fifty. No, no, no. The older the older ones don't use the phone at all. No, yeah, got it. uh -uh. Whoa, but that's just yeah. Okay. So there's a difference right there in the age difference. Okay. Okay. But you, you'll see it. You'll see it when you go to any restaurant. You see the younger, the 30-year-olds, both he and she are on their cell phones. Mm-hmm. Whereas the older adults, the 50, 60, 70-year-olds. <laughs> They're just old, ignoring each other sitting. They, they don't do that. They don't talk. Okay, anyway. Uh, all right, well, keep going. Well, now the, My dad the, does the not big think change too came with uh, women's lib. And women's lib started in the 60s and it really got ugly in the 70s. Now, watch this. One day on the job I was working, we were digging the first red line metro rail, the tunnel underneath 
Okay, that's the red line. That's the first one. I was working on that project. Okay, we're down in the tunnels and we're digging and the machine digs. Okay, then also up, uh, uh, the, the trains come up out of the ground. They go into a yard, into the repair yard. Okay, it's over by the Los Angeles River near 1st Street, mm-hmm. between 1st and 6th Street. Anyway, there's a big administration building there. So I happened to pull up one day with a company truck. I had to go in to take care of some business. As I walked up to the front of the building, there was a young lady behind me, probably in her 20s, in her late 20s. She's a young lady. I grabbed the door, the big door, and I opened it and I held it for her. I'll never forget this. And she turned to me and said, I'm not helpless. I can open my own door. I didn't say a word. I did not say a word. Okay. She walked in. And now I'm thinking, wow. if she turns me in to management, okay, as, because of sexual harassment, I harassed her by holding the door open. I said nothing to her. I just held the door open. She could have turned me in for sexual harassment. How dare you open the door for me? Okay, and now that's when I realized, gee whiz, is it, has it gotten that bad? This was in the mm-hmm. 70s. Oh, my goodness. She, but there's just one example. Yeah. Okay, the other example uh, also is that uh, with the women's lib, if you're riding the bus, women were supposed to stand and the men could take the seats because mm-hmm. we're equal. We don't have to. Well, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. When an elderly woman gets onto the bus and I'm sitting, I automatically get up and give her my seat. Mm-hmm. Well, some of these women will get angry with you. The younger women, how dare you give me my give me your seat? Mm-hmm. I'm not helpless. And you're thinking, gee whiz, I was just yeah. trying to be nice. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I'm, I'm realizing, man, the pendulum has swung way, way to the left. To the, yeah. Way to the left. It's just like out of control. Mm-hmm. But... So you have that. But what to answer your question, what is a lady? Well, basically, ladies have always been ladies. Pretty much, they know. You know, if you, if you come from a good family, you know what it means to be a lady. Hmm. Okay? Not all women come from a good family. Some women come from, oh, my God, horrible families. Their, their family life is really bad. It's very bad. Mm-hmm. A lot of violence in a lot of these families. Uh, they hear a lot of uh, foul language in some of these these families, but the ladies are pretty much ladies. Most ladies are pretty pretty much ninety percent. They know they behave yeah. like ladies. Well, for me, as I gain more years in my perspective, the more I become a lady, the more power I am, and I am better in relationships because of it. Mm-hmm. My biggest takeaway, my biggest learn with men is the more that I lift them up, the, I'm going to use the word better, they are with me and with us. Yes. And for so many years, I wore my penis on my forehead Uh because I was taught that a strong woman is strong with her masculinity Mm -hmm. and you're not going to tell me what to do, et cetera, et cetera. And that got really old and all it did was create separation between me, men, women, people, just separation, separation, and walls. And so the more that I receive everything that a man can give to me and women, anybody, gosh, the more people want to give. I'm like, there's this secret power that we don't know and talk about, I don't think, right? 
But like you said, it's this liberation and it went so far and it's like, oh my gosh. And it's almost a little bit scary for women to talk about the other because we don't want to, at least for myself, I'm speaking, get, you know, Joanna, you don't need a man. And this, I'm like, I need a man. I don't know about y'all, but I want a man. It's fun. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. And I know Salome's here and she's kind of nodding her head, but the, the more that I experienced that and, and what, what were you going to say, Salome? Some, some see it as a weakness, as needing a man. And for me, I'm the opposite. I, I don't feel like I need a man, but it doesn't say like who's more weak or anything like that between you and I. It's looked at as weakness. Okay. Yes. If I need the man to hold the door for me mm-hmm. or w- things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for my past partnership so that I can learn and go, oh, I actually have the power here. I have the power when I'm receiving from this person. And so the person that I am dating now, he's like, the biggest thing I like about you, Joanna, is that you know how to receive when I give it to you. He's like, I've never had a woman receive. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <gasps> bingo, light bulb, ladies, here it is. It's so simple. When somebody gives you something, mm-hmm. a gift, you holding the door, dad, for that woman, that is a gift. And when we can receive it, that other person, man, woman, human, alien, whatever, they feel so much better that it's a gifting and receiving. And you don't know who the gifter is mm-hmm. and who the receiver is. Right. Right. So let's say you hold that door open and that woman says, thank you so much. And she just, yeah. you know, winks her eye or whatever. And now you're like, did I give her something? But, or did she give me something? And I think that's what happiness is, you know, and that's the key to powerful creationships. Mm-hmm. Well, I love to call them creationships because when you're with other people, you create things. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a, re- a creationship with Salome. We're creating a business together. And rather than the energy of relationship, because it's re- we relate, it's a give and take. It's a give and take. And what I've realized is that when it's a gifting and receiving, oh man, that's power. So that, that's what I see. And, um, and having the openness for men and women and noticing and having so much awareness, because I know Salome's over there nodding her head, men, women, it's like just to, to be open to all sides. So I know that was a lot, dad. And you're kind of like, you want to jump in and talk. <laughs> He's like, what no, about go, me? Look go at ahead, his face. No, go ahead. Um, it's interesting. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but with that being said, what do you think is the biggest difference in generations let, let me let me say this when when the uh women's lib got got really bad okay but but got into the 80s already it was really getting bad watch this i used to always as a young man i always complimented women especially the older women in any office because i did a lot of office remodel work and i'm surrounded by thousands of women in these high-rise buildings and as an electrician, I'd be in there remodeling and you'd talk to all these women. Um, I would always compliment the women on their dress, whatever. I, and, and, and like they say, it doesn't cost you anything to give a woman a compliment. It doesn't cost me anything. Mm-hmm. And it means so much to that woman. Okay. Oh, I like your, your shoes, your new shoes. Oh, who did your hair? You got your hair cut really nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Oh, Susie, yellow is your color. I could see it on that dress you're wearing. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, really? And they love that. Well, when the women's lib came in, we were told, do not 
compliment women. Don't say anything to a woman. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Nothing. And I miss that. I miss being able. I miss it too. Being able to tell, especially the older women, yeah. Mrs. Johnson, you really look nice today in that dress you're wearing. And then, and, you, and off you go. Now, was I being uh, uh, a sexist or uh, was I harassing her? Was I being, a, was I, you know, no, you do it. You do it intelligently. Yeah. And the woman knows the difference. Mm-hmm. She knows the difference between you being uh, nasty and, 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 and actually giving her a compliment. Okay, yeah, they, they know the difference. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, when you work civil service, they make you take these um, uh, classes on uh, uh, sexual, sexual harassment classes. Yeah. And one of the questions that comes up is, uh, how do you know... Oh, How do you know when you're when you're saying something wrong? Okay, <laughs> when your mouth is open. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, the, the 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 women usually that are giving the class will say, "Well, here's an example. Here's an example. If you say to Susie, Susie, that really is a pretty dress you're wearing today," and then you walk on, or you're going to say the same words. Follow me now. The same words, Susie. <laughs> that is a really nice dress you're wearing today. Now she says, you see the difference? Same wording, only the way you said it. So they're saying okay. you can say it a certain way or you just can't say you, it at all. You, it's common sense. A woman knows when you're well, that being... that was back in the 80s. Now I don't, you can't say it anymore. Yeah, well, right? you, you see what I'm saying? But the, the, there, there's a difference when it comes to... Some guys are just, oh, they're terrible. Yeah, but I wonder, is it removing a woman's power to know the difference. So we're like, we're so dumb. We don't know the difference. No, so they know. they know. I know. But what I'm yeah. saying is, so now you can't say it at all. Uh, yeah. And it just uh, removes our power and it makes us small. It, well, but we actually think it's power, but I think it's actually making us small. Don't forget now, uh, when you work for the Department of Water and Power, as of uh, about 15 years ago, no longer do you refer to the manhole covers in the okay. street. Yeah. Okay. You can't, call them, you can't call them a you manhole. Yeah. What are they? They're called street uh, hole or what? Uh, well, vault covers. Oh, vault cover. Vault covers. <laughs> they're not a man. And you, you have to, it takes years to stop saying that. <laughs> okay. It takes years to stop saying Person well, hole? Person hole. It's really the stupidity of it. I really, you know, well. But it, like, it goes so far and it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. But, but, you know, but look, look uh, 90, 98% of men are, are, are good guys. 98% are good. Yeah. And then you have the 2% that are, oh my God, they give a bad name to all the men. Oh, dad. I was just yeah. having this conversation and yeah. the person I was talking with, he's like, yeah. He goes, I'm embarrassed as a man for those small percent that make us look bad. Yep. That's what it is. You know. Yeah. You got that. You because just, yeah, you're absolutely right. Most men are, they want to please us. They yes, want to like, tell yes. me, I want to treat you like a queen. Yes. I want to treat you like a queen. Let yeah. me treat you like a queen. So what I'm realizing is I had so many walls and barriers up. Yeah. And a lot of it was because of this reality of what I'm supposed to be as a woman. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I was learning from women of that nature of don't hold the door for me and I don't need you. That is exhausting. You know, and all I did was push men away. Yeah. You know, and they they just want to please. At least the ones that I know of. Yeah. Right? And yeah, no, Salome's yeah. shaking. Yeah. Uh-huh. Entirely. Because even, even just a, a 
friend. Even a friend, anybody. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a sexual relationship. Or they, yeah, we want to please. I think human beings overall, we want to please. I don't yeah. think anybody ever wants to go into anything and go, I want to do a bad job. I want to be a bad friend. I don't think most of us go into things like that. We want to be, we want to be good. We want to do things well for another human being, yeah. you know? Yet, are we able to receive that? Can others receive it? And I think the moment we put our walls and barriers down, but we're taught to protect ourselves, bring up the walls and barriers. Because if you're smart, you'll protect yourself. And actually, when the walls and barriers come down, you actually get more powerful. You're actually more powerful when they're down and you're more potent, right? Think about if you're in jail your whole life, you're not very potent because there's walls all around you. But if you're out asking for help, Dad, what about women asking for help? Have you noticed that women do not ask for help from you, at least? Well, no, no, I haven't noticed. That they don't or they do? Well, the only, I've had, I've had girlfriends ask me to come over and and repair at their house. (laughs) Can you come and fix this, fix this? There's always something to be fixed. Uh So I get a lot of that. Can you come over and help me fix this? Hmm. The door doesn't close. The, 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 the electric switch doesn't work whatever okay mm-hmm. yeah i mean, sure no problem i go i take care of it for them but i get that and Re- when she asks you do you feel good about yourself you're like yeah i helped her or is it just there's nothing really there for you no just I get, I guess <laughs> you are I a horse go, of a different color I just it's no to me it's no big deal that i i'm mechanical by nature so i can fix it real quick it's no big deal Okay, well, there's this dating coach. His name is Matthew Hussey. Love him. Shout out to Matthew. And he says the best line for a woman to go up to a guy, because this is the dropping of the handkerchief. Right. Most women think they want a man to approach them, but really it's us giving them the permission, which is the handkerchief dropping from back in, you know, the 1800s. And so back in the day, a woman would drop her handkerchief and then he would pick it up and say, ma'am, excuse me, you dropped this. And she'd go, oh, thank you. And like, and then they would start to talk. She was the one that actually said, it's okay for you to come talk to me. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, he says a great thing for a woman is to go up to a guy and say, excuse me, I really need your help with something. Can you take a picture of my girlfriend and us and over here? Sure. Boom, you're in. Because that's your way of dropping the handkerchief. Mm -hmm. But if you listen to that, it's, he's saying to ask a man for help. He's like, we want to help you. Mm -hmm. Bring your walls down and receive help from us. You know? Uh, So I changed this thing a couple years ago. I said, if anybody ever asks me, hey, Joanna, do you need help with that? I always say yes. If I'm carrying something that weighs one ounce and it's so light and a man comes up to me or anybody and says, hey, do you need help with that? I say yes, because it was a, it was a muscle for me to receive that help. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll take it. Sure, you can help me. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Where before I'd, oh, no, I'm okay. No, thank you. No, I'm okay. Uh, so I think, because Solomon was saying over there that it's hard for us to ask for help. We think, you know, that we have to do everything. Okay, let's talk about pleasure. I was listening to this really great podcast about pleasure and what pleasure is. And do we cut ourselves off from pleasure because we're taught that pleasure is bad, pleasure is shameful, pleasure receives blame. And when I say pleasure, I mean all of pleasure. Eating chocolate is pleasure. But we will eat the chocolate and beat ourselves up after it. 
have really great sex, beat ourselves up because you're not married to him and you shouldn't have slept with him on the first night. Mm -hmm. But if we don't have shame after the pleasure, then it means that we're a bad person. Mm -hmm. So if we repent after the pleasure, then we're okay. But if I ate that chocolate and I didn't feel shame, then that means I'm fat, et cetera. I went off my diet. But if I ate the chocolate and go, oh my gosh, what did I do? I'm going to work out extra tomorrow. Then I feel okay. So what are your thoughts on pleasure, dad? A lot of, a lot of it, again, again, I hate, to, I hate to keep bringing this up. A lot of it is, is your religious training. That's your, exactly what the podcast talked about. Years, a lot of it comes, comes from, the, yes, from the religious training, no matter which religion. And there's yes. a, you have your three big religions, and then there are many other religions. But they're all, they're all pretty much the same. It's, yeah, it's, oh my goodness. Look, look, um, in the Jewish religion, look, in the, in the Christian religions, we have 10 commandments. Everybody knows the 10 commandments. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not, okay. In the Jewish religion, they have what? They have six, 635, I think there's 635 commandments. Excuse me? 635, if I'm not mistaken. Holy moly. Holy moly. Oh my goodness. In the Jewish religion, any Jew, any, if you have Jewish friends, ask them, how many commandments are there? And then they'll tell you, oh man, Joanna, don't ask. <laughs> don't ask. And there's, and you can, you can Google it and they're all listed there on, on the website. Mm -hmm. uh, Jewish commandments in the Jewish religion. Wow, they cover it. You talk about guilt. Of course, the, the comedians like to make fun of that. Mm -hmm. You know, the guilt in the Jewish, in the Jewish world, the guilt. Yeah. They, okay. They always so make fun of that. Like brainwashed or taught or whatever you want to call it since we we're young yeah. when we have pleasure, because yeah. I see young children, they're born with pleasure. Yeah. They're having fun. They yes. have joy. Yes. And then we pull the joy and the pleasure out of them. Right. Like right. a little kid when they have ice cream, it's like, mm. and an adult if we were to eat ice cream like that, somebody would think you're a freak, yeah. right? Or, yeah. oh, you must be hungry. It's like, oh, no, I love ice cream. So the pleasure and everything in life, um, I'm really intrigued this year of like, how can I have more pleasure of everything? And I know Dr. Brandy, she's a friend of the show. She talks about pleasure, all aspects of life, how to bring more pleasure. Because I think when we turn off pleasure in our lives for everything, then we turn it off sexually as well. How can you have sexual pleasure when you can't even enjoy a chocolate? Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. Um, uh, there are a few, uh, I've met a few uh, women here, uh, American women, okay, who will not engage, okay, in sexual coitus outside of marriage. All right, Sherman. Sherman, no. No, what's his name from Big Bang Theory? <laughs> Sheldon. Sheldon Sherman. <laughs> Sheldon Coitus. Oh my God, I just butchered his, butchered his name. Shout out to Big Bang Theory. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, <laughs> I find it amazing that adult women uh, who are single for whatever reason, maybe they're divorced or they're, or they're uh, yeah. widowed or whatever, or they just never got married, they will not engage because their religious beliefs, they've been told. Okay. Thou shalt not mm -hmm. engage in anything that is pleasurable. Mm 
Yeah. Especially the big one is sexual coitus. Mm-hmm. You don't go there. And they will they will adhere to those to those words. And you you know, we the rest of us are looking at these people and are going, Really? Mm-hmm. You serious? Yeah, they're serious. They're not gonna sleep around. Do you think we'd be a happier planet with these eight billion people that we're talking about if there was more pleasure sexually? A happier planet? I guess. <laughs> I'm gonna guess up the top These of my head. These are the things that keep me up. A lot night. of a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people just don't engage in a lot of in a lot of uh, uh, lovemaking. I'll call it lovemaking. Or if they do, it's still shameful. Well, do you get what I'm saying? Well, like even e- Solomon have conversations, but e- that's not a dinner e- conversation. E- even if it's shameful, a lot of people just aren't doing it shameful or otherwise. They're just you not. think so? Okay, Solomon, people- you're here. Do you think people are having sex and just not talking about it because of the shame, or they're just not having it because of the shame? They're not talking about it. So there's shame. There's guilt and shame if they're yeah. doing it. It's in secret. Okay, yeah. let's talk about this because let's say when you're alone. And we do pleasurable things. For example, watch Netflix in your ugly pajamas, right? That's pleasurable. Would we do that if somebody was watching us? Because we're sh- we have shame around right. looking a fright. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Do you s- down to that pleasure? Oh, so and so is coming over. Let me clean my house. Let me co- comb yeah. my hair. And I, I totally get it that you want to. I get both sides, right? But I'm like, that's actually pleasure to lie around in your underwear and watch, but will you allow people to see you in your secret ways? And the Sex in the City television show talked about this and they called it single secret behaviors. And they didn't want to get in relationships because it was like a whole joke. There was a whole episode around single secret behaviors. Yes. Meaning I don't want to live with my love because he's going to see me she says, eating my crackers in my bathrobe in the kitchen. She's like, and I still want to do that. Do you see how the shame around that pleasure? We think so-and-so is not going to love us anymore if he sees us eating crackers over, you know, whatever. And so we act differently when people are around us. That pleasure of eating the crackers in your robe. So with that being said, what else are we doing that has so much shame that we're not talking about? Because we live with so much guilt and shame 24 hours a day. Yes. And it doesn't have to be the big things. It's the small things of yes. eating crackers yes. in your underwear. Yeah. You get what? And until I heard this podcast a couple of days ago, my mind was freaking blown. I'm like, oh, I never thought about it that way. I always thought of guilt of the big things, the big things, not the little, just small, pleasurable. Like if I had a camera, would I be embarrassed if people were to watch my whole life? Because of shame of the pleasure that I'm getting when people are not watching. There's pleasure to receive around people. And then you have the different pleasure when you're by yourself. Right? And Salome's over here. I'm like, that was mind-blowing to me. Yeah. When you write a contract, like they say, um, the devil is in the is in the uh, details. Ooh. The devil's in the details. All the little things in the contract. That's okay. Good, Dad. Just living together. Two people cohabitating whether that's a, a man and a woman or two men or two women or whatever, yeah. you're, you're two different people living in this, this domicile, okay? And they have to get along. And you, if, you're gonna, if it's going to bother you, all the little things, then just, just separate. Go, go, your, go your separate ways. Mm-hmm. Just you go your way. You go, hey, look, we gave it a shot. didn't work. It's no big deal. 
I just can't, I just can't, I have to have my own space and I, whatever, whatever, whatever. But do you think it goes down to granular, what we're talking about? Yeah. You're not able to have your own pleasures. Yeah. Because these two pleasures come together and they're going, what are you doing? Yeah. You are this person because yeah. I think we're fake yeah. pleasuring and then you come together. It's, it's, yeah. Remember we were talking about uh, the, the five love languages and I say that the sixth one is honesty. People don't want to hear, they don't want to be honest. Now watch this, mm. listen to me. We, all of us have three lives. We have our public life, our private life, okay, and our secret life. Ooh, that's good, Dad. Did you read that somewhere? Is that just your own philosophy? I probably read it somewhere. Okay. okay. But it's true. That's good. Public life, private life, and your secret life. What would you categorize the secret life? Well, when I was in the service, watch this, I'm 20 years old, and we're standing around, a bunch of, bunch of GI young, young boys in the service, uh, two, two young men from the South, they're from South Carolina. Hey, Vargas, yeah. Do you ever masturbate? I said, yeah. Do you think it's wrong to masturbate? No. <laughs> then why do you hide when you do it? Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, I, came right? back, I came back right away, though. Right? I came back right away. Because if I do it in public, I'll get arrested. And I don't have the money to bail out of jail. <laughs> there, how do you like All right, that Sheldon. answer? I told him, I told him. <laughs> because it's illegal Eagle. to masturbate in public. Mm. Is, do you, because religiously, again, do mm -hmm. you think it's, it's, it's wrong to masturbate? According to the... Catholic Church, masturbation is a sin. We always remember that. Any, any Catholic who masturbates is committing, is committing a sin. Now, why do you hide? Why do people <laughs> hide? This. Okay. <laughs> okay, why do people hide when they masturbate? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, you, that's you, exactly what I'm talking about. I the, say, I say, look, there are some people that'll... The shame. Th th there are some people that, 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 get, that do get arrested because they are masturbating in public. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, look at that man. Look what he's doing. He's playing with his pee-pee. Well, here come the police. Pee-pee. Here come. Excuse me. Uh, and they arrest him. Well, okay. Now, Solomon and I had this conversation. I want to see what your take on this is. Men make more money than women. Okay. That's, we already know that. Why do you think that is? If you're talking about the private sector, if you go into oh, the public, Chilad. no, just like overall, like what's well, the mindset behind it? No, there are women in the in the in the public sector. They earn more money than okay. men. Overall, the general, okay, the, overall, even business owner, women, we're four percent of the revenue, even though we're thirty five percent business it, it, owners. It's, it's just been the history of of mankind. That's just the way. That's just look when you when you take your your take your sweater to the cleaners, he's going to charge you a dollar more than when I take my sweater to the cleaners because you're a woman they charge you more to clean your blouse okay got it and then i don't question it so why right. don't i question it well because the way what are you going to do you have to get it cleaned where are you going to go you're not going to find a cleaner is going to is going to put out a sign saying we charge equal male and female uh -huh. someday that's coming let me tell you some smart guy is going to figure Ooh. it out some got it smart, like businesses say we're some, we're black lives friendly so to speak and then to say we're some equal guys pay gonna figure it out i'm going to corner the market on the females that's interesting okay but look, okay. but look, but look, you go to a nightclub, <laughs> the, men, the men have to pay the cover charge to get in, yeah. but not the women sometimes. Mm -hmm. The women are free, but the men have to pay. Yeah. So there's that issue. Yeah. Okay, it goes the other way around. It goes the other way too. 
but but man that's that's just been around for so long okay well Salome and I had this conversation I thought it was brilliant we were having a class here and it was about it was a sex class our Dr. Brandy was teaching it and she said you know well I wondered that when you have orgasms you're actually more powerful. All this stuff happens in your body. Your hair is shinier, et cetera, yes, et cetera. Yes. Okay. And let's go back to what I said. I go, do you think we'd be a happier planet if we had more sex? I really, truly believe that we are a sex deprived planet yeah. Yeah. nation. Yeah. Okay. And maybe different countries are different. And I'm just going to talk about us gals. Okay. If I really think if we had orgasms every day and we're happier, I think we would make more money. I think one would lead to the next, would lead to the next, would lead to the next. Now, here's the thing. Men masturbate, at least in my interesting opinion, mm -hmm. all the time, right? Like mm -hmm. all the guys I know every day, it's like no secret. Oh yeah, every day in the shower, right? Women, if they do, it's a secret or maybe it's once in a while or nobody's talking about it. Handle it. <laughs> Which... Oh, schedule it. They schedule it, right? Schedule. But men, it's like one, two times a day. They just, it's just like part of it. And I wonder if that has something to do, like I'm just thinking way outside the box here. With a, It's like so slight that if we were having more ag orgasms, women, I'm like, let's get together a hundred women and let's do a, a little, I don't know, like an experiment. I don't know, a million women, a thousand women. Everybody, let's do this for one year and let's see if your mindset changes and if you have more confidence and then you're able to make more money. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious. And then so she and I were talking, we're like, oh my gosh, do you think that has something to do with why men just act differently? They have a different wavelength when it comes to money. What I've noticed, they talk about money like it's the time of day. Okay. Like, how much money? Oh, it's this, whatever. Women, we give a big story. We preface it. It's like, we don't talk about it. It's like the time of day. We talk about it like it's a secret, mm -hmm. shameful. We're embarrassed to talk about our money. And, and so anyway, I just, I wanted to throw that out there. And I wonder what is possible for, um, for women in, in shame, in pleasure, and in sex. Yeah, it's changing as an example now for how many years on the cable television network, there's that one station that sells uh, sex toys for women. You've seen it, right? It's on the cable stage. You just no. go down the... Yeah, it, this, it's on the big... There's a... I only have station. Netflix. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> well... I don't have they, television. They, uh, that they, is so, so 2019. It's, it's gotten now, at least, at least to where you can just you just call up and order order your uh, your your vibrator. And yeah. there's all kinds to you know, and that's just what it is now. Now, some women, I believe, some women probably in their entire life have never used a vibrator. Mm -hmm. Others have a collection; they have half a dozen mm -hmm. vibrators. Now, some women have difficulty achieving orgasm. For uh, usually, it's because the the, the clitoris is, is is way too far in, and they can't reach it. Usually, I think it's a physiological. I'm just no, guessing. No, I think here. it's mental. Okay, Salome, what do you? I think it's mental because uh, there's so many different parts of the body. Well, doctors, I think I think doctors will be on my side. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's physiologically. Mental. The, it could your clitoris is small and it's way hard to get to now some women have multiple <laughs> orgasms uh -huh. and i mean some women can use a vibrator and they can just sit there for an hour and maybe have 
20 orgasms in an hour. Mm -hmm. And they don't think anything Hail of it. Hail to those women. <laughs> they, don't, they don't think anything <laughs> of it. They don't think anything of it. Well, yeah, I have about 20 orgasms in an hour. What else with, is possible? With, 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 with the vibrator. Well, if more men can have conversations like this with their daughters, I wonder what else can Oh, change. that's never going to happen. Are you kidding? <laughs> What's wrong with us, Dad? There must be something weird about us. Well, <laughs> it's... Uh, 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 it looks funny. Look, my buddies, my buddies that know me... nuts. They, they already know me. They say, man, John, he just talks about all kinds of... Did, did you send you him guys, this podcast? What? Send him to this. Do you guys really think you're going to live forever? <laughs> you're going to be on this planet for 0. 0.00001 millisecond. That's where you stand in the, in this, in the scheme of life. Yeah. <laughs> Your life is like a nanosecond uh -huh. con as compared to, the, to, to life. I mean, look how many people have come before you and how many are going to come after you. Mm -hmm. And you're afraid, afraid to talk. <laughs> we're just talking. We're just, we're just talking. Yeah. We're just having, yeah. Talking about the clitoris too far up. Okay. <laughs> and now, multiple orgasms. As, That's the title of the show. As let, let me change the subject here. Uh -oh. When I was a teenager, my we're coming to the end. Keep going. My mom would come into my room to check, to see the books that I was reading. <laughs> she goes, because I was the middle child and you know how it goes when you're the middle child. That's the one. It's the quiet ones you have to watch. Mm -hmm. It's that quiet <laughs> middle child. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so my mom would come in and she would check the books that I was reading. I'd be right there reading them. And she, and she said, let me see, what are you reading? What are you reading? Mm -hmm. And now today, I, especially I watch this on television. You see the TV shows and the children tell their They're, mother like, excuse me. Oh, yeah. You can't come in here. <laughs> I want some privacy. And these idiot parents, <laughs> like, I know they're like, oh, excuse me. I, I, are you kidding me? This is my freaking house. <laughs> I'll throw your ass out of here in a minute. But anyway, but very here's different. A, back to the story. So my mom know. would read it, and I was I I uh, as an example. Uh, well, I'd be reading. Uh, let's say Karl Marx, the Communist Manifesto. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, did I ever tell you that one? The Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx. No. Oh my God, you're reading this about communism, Mom. It's just a book. Okay, just it's just curious. words on a page. No. Keep your, keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer. You got to know your enemy closer than you know your friends. Mm -hmm. And look what, look what communism is doing right now in, our, in, in, this, in our, uh, this country. Mm -hmm. Look what's happening right now, with, uh, politically speaking. Okay, so... I know, you know, read a book, everybody, read! Then, uh. and, then, and then, mind you, my buddy, my buddy, may he rest in peace, he died in Vietnam. Uh, uh, he, he and I, we read uh, 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 Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf. Mm, Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf. He and I read it together. Okay. Wow. And we, and we go to school and did you read the next chapter? Yeah, that's good. And we mm -hmm. would discuss it. He and I would discuss it. Mm -hmm. He was a smart guy. May he rest in peace. He died. He was only 19 years old. He died in Vietnam. Wow. I, I really miss that guy. But um, uh, my mom was like, you're, you're, you're reading Adolf Hitler? You're reading... Mom, it's just a book. It's a famous book. Uh -huh. Now, right now, you, you, if you read in the paper what's happening, okay, the, the, the liberals, they're, they're, they're pulling all the classic books out of the, out of the schools and out of the colleges. They're pulling them out. Like Mark Twain and books like that? You name it. They're pulling everything out. Of, they don't want 
It's like, I can't believe this is happening. And the same thing happened in the 1930s under Adolf Hitler. The same thing happened. And everybody said the same thing. Oh, well, you know, nobody, you know, oh, yeah. And look what happened. Mm -hmm. It's happening in this country and people don't see it. Mm -hmm. they, they can't see the forest for the trees. Okay, unfortunately, but, you know, that's, I don't know. It's, 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 We're talking about that today, turning the, it's one degree on the frog until it's boiling. Thank you. Now watch yeah. this. Now watch this. This was in yesterday's paper. The SATs, they're gone. Mm -hmm. That company that does the SATs, they're out of business. No more SATs. The liberals have finally gotten that strong. Nobody should have to take a test in order to go to a college. Whoa. Really? SATs no more. Mm -hmm. Gone. They're gone. It's just too bad because it's unfair to the minorities. As I that got 720 on the SAT. Okay. Well, it's unfair. So you, you no more no more SATs and you just you just yeah, go. We're all even. We're all, yeah, I know. So but, but it's yeah, I wonder. Shout out to Jordan Belfort. Listen to his podcast, Wolf yeah. of Wall Street. Or yeah. no, the Wolf's Den, but he's a Wolf of Wall Street from yeah. the Leonardo. Yeah. Oops, I oh, to, cell phone's on. Who's calling you? I forgot to. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a really good off. podcast too about yeah, how. Are, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and things are changing. I know. Interesting. Well, Dad, yep. we're coming to the end because you and I could talk forever, but we'll do this again. All right, we'll air you out again. We'll bring you out. <laughs> you just have to go two blocks. Hey, Can I you do more, that? I have more topics I wanted to I talk know. about. We never got to them. I know. We're going to have to do it again. We have so okay. much. We'll do it again. People okay. want more. Yeah. Okay. Or you, we could do your own podcast again. Just get you a mic. We can sit and do, do this all day. Podcast. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have some good stuff. It's going to shock your... your, your I know. Your, <laughs> I got some stuff. I know. That's why you need your own to create your, your own little list. I know that people are... Yeah, they're, you're yeah. studying out yeah. there. You're reading it. I've always said to my friends, oh, my poor two daughters, they had to pick me as a father. Oh, my poor daughters. Oh, well, too late now. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is how we're gifting it back. I'm like, Yeah. Everybody says, like, your dad's so smart. Tell him to talk more. I'm like, no. no, I'm not smart. I just have my own opinions. No, but you read a lot. Well, well that's smart. Okay, inquisitive. A lot of people read. You know, they read, they read a lot. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people read. There's people that read a lot more than I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. anyway. But well, it's been fun. This yeah. was fun. This was fun. We'll do it again. Yeah. And reminder, DM me if there's any, like, takeaway that you want to hear what my dad talk about. Okay. He has a plethora of... <laughs> ideas and thoughts. All right. Thanks, Dad. Until next time, gals, remember to get back up. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode and know of another girl who can benefit from this message, please share it with your girlfriends and tag me on Instagram at Joanna Vargas Official. I love your DMs. Also, I would be honored if you'd take 30 seconds and give the Get Up Girl a five-star review. I appreciate and love you all. And remember, girl, to get up and live fully.